Good evening, everyone. Trust you doing well this evening. I see some new faces in the midst of us, so I'm going to do what we don't normally do, and I'm going to ask all the new faces to please stand. If, I could, if you're visiting us for the first time, if you wouldn't mind standing, we just want to give you a lovely, warm word of welcome. Welcome, welcome. Leaders, if you can take a look at the faces, because those are the faces we want to connect with afterwards. Welcome to our evening service. So lovely to have you here. We trust that you'll enjoy your time with us. Okay, here we are. Are you all well tonight? Hey, what an amazing time of worship. I must just say, I've seriously been enjoying the worship. Rosanne and Tia and the worship team, thank you so much. Every Sunday... Coming to the evening service is such a delight, um, and we, we don't like announcements that much. We just want to continue with the worship, but it's, it's important. And to see Skulk and Vida's lovely faces on the screen makes it all <laughs> worth it. Okay, so as you are aware, and so for those of you that are joining us for the first time this evening, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of context of what our journey has been so that you don't feel too left out of the loop with what we've been discussing here in the evening service. And so just the heart that Stephen felt for the evening service was Acts 2, verse 42. And we are looking at that in our um, theme of going back to the basics. And I just want to say that tonight we're focusing on prayer. And I have um, named my sermon or my topic for my sermon this evening is a call to prayer, a life of power. Okay. Are you okay, Mamila? You can do louder than that, Ba. Huh? <laughs> I'm just joking. So, call to prayer, life of power. And I want to read Acts 2, verse 42. What I do want to ask you is if you please get out your devices or your Bible. So, I don't just want you to listen. I want you to read with me because we want to know that what I'm saying is in the Scriptures. Right. Okay. So, get out your devices, your Bibles. We're going to Acts 2, Verse 42, and it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Okay. And if I recap on our journey thus far in the evening service, Stephen spoke about the apostles' teaching, which is studying the word. And he said, if you want to, so we're going to go back in our minds to that first evening where Stephen spoke about the apostles' teaching. And he mentioned this, the one-liner, if I can take one-liner from all the, the sermons that had happened thus far, the one-liner that I took away from that evening was, if you want to get to know Jesus, get into the Word, because Jesus is the Word. Will you remember that? The apostles' teaching, so they dedicated themselves to the apostles' teaching. Then we had Pastor Letolo. You remember that evening? We had Pastor Letolo, we had Holy Communion, and he spoke about um, breaking bread. With one another. And the one liner that I walked around, um, away with from Pastor Latolo's sermon was just this um, remembering the cost of the cross. Do you remember that? He said this Jesus is the only person that was willing to lay his life down for you. Don't you be giving up your life for someone else and it's not Jesus. Remember that liner? Do you remember that? Okay. And then the other one was Neil, Tia's husband. Neil was here, Mr. Neil Bester, and he spoke about fellowship. And if you remember that one term, Darwin, am I saying this correctly? Koinonia? Yes. Darwin is studying his master, so you know, I need to be careful with what I say. 
No, I'm just joking, Darwin. I'm putting you on the spot. Do you remember the, the term Neil used, the word koinonia, which means to be in one with one another, and that we call to be a peculiar people, a body that is one, but a peculiar people. So he spoke about fellowship. And he remember, he spoke about the triangle, that it all works together, up in and out. If you're in relationship with God, you have to be in relationship with one another. And that relationship reflects to the world, too, where you are shining the light to the world and bringing people into God's kingdom while inviting them, because that's what we are as believers. And tonight we are focusing on a call to prayer, a life of power. Okay, so if we're thinking of Acts 2 verse 42, in your Bibles you'd remember the context for that, okay? It was, so they were busy waiting in the upper room, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they started speaking in tongues, and people thought they were crazy. People thought they were drunk. And then Peter had to stand up and had to talk to the crowds and go, they're not. It's the Spirit. And he was able to share the gospel with them. But I just thought to say this to you. Why was prayer so essential for them? Now, if you remember the context of that, was that you were being persecuted for your faith. So when you were out on your own, you weren't in such a safe place because you preaching the gospel to others, and by the way, God added to their numbers daily, meant that someone needed to be reaching out to someone else, right? And so when you were reaching out to others, there was a possibility of being persecuted. It wasn't a safe place for the early church because of the persecution. But here's the thing. When they gathered together as believers, it was a place of safety. It was a place of refuge a place of comfort and peace. It was the place where my brother and sister would encourage me and go, you know what, you're going out tomorrow and you're going to share the gospel tomorrow, but let's pray for you here. It was a place where boldness and courage, courage was established in that body. And so I do want to share this and say that I am aware that this can be such a familiar space to us, the whole thing around prayer. But can I say, if I talk about it within the context of Acts 2 verse 42, I'm not just talking about individual prayer. I'm talking about corporate prayer. Because they gathered together and they dedicated themselves to the apostles' teaching. They broke prayer together. They prayed together. And so I wonder tonight where your place of safety is. Where do you run to when you're feeling shaken? Where do you run to when everything around you doesn't feel steady? Where do you run to in the midst of persecution? Do you have a place? Do you have a body? And so I don't want to market our community groups tonight, but I think they are very important. It is important for you to gather like this on, an, on a Sunday night as an evening service, and we will spend some time praying in this evening service. But it is also just as important to have a body, a close group of believers that you fellowship with, that knows you for who you are. So that you can share your struggles and the difficult things you're facing. And you can have people that are, are supporting you and praying for you. Okay. So if you do want to get involved in a community group on your way out, um, you're welcome to speak to Stephen or one of the leaders that will be there where you did your, your screening coming in. Very important. So let's talk. Why is prayer so essential? Point number one. 
It moves us from seeking our own purposes to desiring God's plan. We're all aware of that. And I've got such an, a, one, a wonderful example of this. I want you to turn with me. Oh, now I've lost it. Sorry. Let me just read it for you. We all know about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember that? And he's my example tonight. Okay? So if God wants us to pray and it moves us from desiring our own purposes and seeking our own purposes but desiring God's plan, then what better example to look to than that of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Can I say this to you? That night Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he got crucified. You don't decide on the day that you're on the cross, now I'm going to lay my life down. It happens before you get to the cross. Jesus died on the cross before he got onto the cross. It happened in the garden. Okay, let's read. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Verse 38. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. <laughs> Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and said, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to them, Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Do you know what the temptation is for us? You're shaking your head. Do you know? <laughs> the temptation is taking up our own lives and not laying it down. To the Lord. The temptation is being God of our own lives. Yeah, Jesus is. And it's a hard thing. Ask Jesus. He was sweating blood in the garden over that. The question tonight is, is there an area, and I love the worship team singing that last song, not my will, but yours be done. I want you to think. Is there an area of your life where Jesus is not Lord, but you are. See, you can give your heart to Jesus and go, God, you are the Lord of my life. But the challenge comes in daily, whether we keep giving it back to him in every decision and every area. And so I want you to think for a moment, is there an area or areas where actually Jesus isn't Lord, but you are? Everybody got that one place? <laughs> not, a, not an easy thing. Yet Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. Could I invite you this evening for a moment, if you have courage and boldness in your heart, just to give that space to the Lord.
And so, Father, we want to come to you this evening. Thank you that prayer moves us from a place of seeking our own desires and will <clears throat> to desiring your purposes for our life. Thank you for the example of Jesus on the cross where he laid down his life in the garden so that his love, your love for us could be displayed through him on the cross. And so, Father, you see every heart tonight, that one area or areas that still belongs in our care that we've got reign over, rule and reign over. Father, I pray that you would show us that actually laying that thing down will bear much fruit than carrying it ourselves. And if you're here this evening and you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you're going, you're, you're asking me to give one area away, but I haven't even given my life to Jesus. I want to invite you tonight. I'm going to pray a prayer now. And I want to invite you that if you want to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, that there is an invitation for that tonight. And so you can pray this prayer, pray this prayer after me and invite the Lord to be the Lord of your life. And just to encourage you, it's not a one-time thing tonight. It's a daily thing where you daily surrender your life to the Lord. So Jesus, I come to you tonight. And I haven't even given my heart to you, Lord. Yet I'm listening to a sermon where someone's saying, hand over areas or hand areas back to you. Tonight I want to come, Lord Jesus, and I want to ask you to forgive me. Forgiving, forgive me for being the Lord of my own life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I want to give my heart back to you, Lord. I want to give my life to you. Because you died for me. You gave your life so that I may live. Forgive me, Lord, for going astray. Tonight I choose to come back home to you. Take my life, Lord. It's yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you mind staying after the service, just seated so that one of our leaders can pray for you um, and so that we can walk a journey with you going forward, having given your heart to the Lord. <clears throat> and so we have this example of Jesus. And I just want to read the last verse in verse 42. It says, he went away a second time and prayed, Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. And we all know how that part of the story ends. Okay? Jesus gets arrested that evening. And he doesn't fight. He doesn't take out his sword and try and kill the army that comes and arrests him. Why? Because he laid down his life before the Father, before they came and took his life. And so there's things that the Lord has a garden of Gethsemane for us in our personal lives where we can lay down things in our lives. Better to lay it down than, it for, than, it, than for it to be taken from you, hey? It's much harder when it's just taken from you, hey? It's easier. It sounds very cheesy, but it's easier 
laying it down before God than for man to take it away from you. Okay. And that all happens in prayer, guys. So will you remember that that happens in prayer? As I've just said, it moves us from a place of seeking our own purposes and desire, own purposes, <coughs> excuse me, our own purposes to desiring God's plans. The second thing, <coughs> sorry, the second thing it does, it invites the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing prayer does is it helps us to lay things down, okay, in a community as well as individually. The second thing it helps us to do is it helps us to invite the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is found in Acts 16. We all know the story of Paul and Silas. So if you wouldn't mind turning there in your Bibles. Let me just find it. Yeah. Yes, Acts 16. <laughs> We all know the story about Paul and Silas in Acts 16 when they got arrested because there was a fortune teller lady and she was saying these are children of God and then Paul was getting so frustrated. I mean, they, he was getting so frustrated that he so much just said, you know, stop it and let it to the Lord. And then the business failed. Those that were making money from the fortune teller um, were making money. Thank you so much, Rogerio. Those that were making money couldn't make money anymore because she gave her heart to the Lord. And what did they do? Paul and Silas then end up in prison. But yeah, let's read the story. Okay, from verse 16. So that's why I want you to follow in the scriptures because I want you to see that what I'm reading is really there. Okay, it says, Paul and Silas in prison. Once when, they were, once when we were going to the prayer, place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners, um, by fortune telling, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the, <laughs> and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Okay, so then they get arrested and then we go, down to verse 25, so I'm not going to read the whole story. Down to verse 25, and it says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What were they doing? What were they doing? They were praying and singing hymns. Where were they? Where are you? I hear you going, I'm in church. Yes, you are in church, but I'm talking about your life. Do you, feel, <laughs> do you feel like you might be in a prison? I just want you to see something here. These guys are in prison, Yella. They're not at home under quarantine, like what we have to do in isolation. They're in prison. And yet they are singing hymns and praying. How many of us feel like we're currently going through the worst thing ever? And I just don't want to pray to God and I have no time for hymns because I ain't in that space. You don't pray and sing hymns when it's all goody-goody. You pray and sing hymns. <laughs> Here's an example. When you're in prison and it says here, and the other prisoners were listening to them. 
Suddenly there was a suddenly there was such a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and uh, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of God to him and all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took him, took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his whole household were baptized. Yalla, just by doing hymns and praying. Huh? Prison doors open. People get saved. Prison doors open. People get saved. By prayer and singing hymns. Are you listening? Sorry. This is, this is, this is, this is something. How many of us sitting here are really expecting God for a miracle in our lives? Put up your hand if you're really expecting God for a miracle. Like, hi. If your miracle's like, yeah, I don't know if that's a miracle. How many of you are expecting a miracle from God? Everybody look around. Look around. Look around. Every single one of us is expecting something from God. A miracle in our lives. And yet there's examples in Scripture I love this about God. He doesn't leave us with no direction. There's examples in Scripture of people praying, singing hymns, and there's breakthrough. So when we were singing before me preaching now, it was an opportunity for breakthrough. In English, that means we're going to pray now. I am going to leave some time for us to pray, but to be expectant. Because if I've just mentioned now, the second thing in one of my slides is it invites the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. You ready for that? We've all, when we just put up our hands, it was most of us in this room put up our hand for a miracle. And we are going to spend some time praying and trusting God. Not just for a miracle in my life, because what it says, what happened there with Paul and Silas was all the other jailers. <laughs> huh? You pray for you, but it's not just for you. Because when you pray for you and there's breakthrough in your life, it affects other people too. Because we come into contact with other people daily. And if I have received a breakthrough from Christ, that thing will definitely break through in someone else's life. My blessing is not just for me. It's for us. Okay. So we must remember that there's something about the Lord blessing us. And I think we're living in a day and age where we think it's about me, 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 but it isn't. Uh, seriously, as the body of Christ, our blessing as a community is not just for us. It's for the bride. It's for the greater good of the kingdom. We, and we can never just live for me, me, me. And it's sad that we live in a reality like that. So what does it do? Why is prayer essential? It moves us from seeking our own will and purpose to desiring God's plan. Jesus, excellent example of that. 
It invites the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, Paul and Silas. Wonderful example of that. And then the third thing, it enables us to live out the impossible. We've just read that with Paul and Silas now, but I want to take it and make it home for you. I'm here today. Paul and Silas are with Jesus in heaven. And Jesus is in our hearts, but you understand what I mean. (laughs) I'm here. I've got two stories for you. And I really want to share those testimonies of how prayer has worked in my own life. I'm going to use an example of my husband wanting to propose to me. Yeah. No, no. You're going to love this story. Listen to everybody say, oh, it's probably the couple sitting nicely next to each other going, oh. (laughs) No, just joking. Here's the story. On Good Friday, I think it was 2008. 2008, Good Friday in this church. My husband went down to Water Glen to go draw a amount of money because he had planned, my fiancé back then, that he was going to propose to me in a helicopter flying over Pretoria. Beautiful, okay? But you need mula for that. You don't just fly over Pretoria with no mula. So he needed money for that, and he had the money, so he wanted to withdraw it. As he came to church, he realized he lost his wallet with all that money. No joke. All that money. And it was the day he had planned to engage me. So we came to the, good, the, the, we came to the service of Good Friday yeah, at the church. I was dating him. And he stood inside the church service worshiping God. Now he's in a bit of a predicament. Number one, it's cloudy and raining. You don't fly around when it's cloudy and raining. Yes, laugh. Number two, he's just lost all the money he was going to use to pay the pilot for doing the whole um, um, flight around Pretoria. So those are two things. He stands in the service here. I know this is his testimony, but I get to share it because I'm his wife. But it's something powerful around prayer. He stands in the service here during worship, praying hymns. Remember that, praying hymns. Stands in the service during worship, and he says to the Lord, yes, God loves me. (laughs) So I want to cry over this. He says to Jesus, if she is the one, if she is really the one, Lord, It will stop raining, and you will give me the money. Listen, listen, the story doesn't end there. In worship, someone came to Sikle during worship, gave him the exact amount of money he needed while he was praying during worship. As he left the service, I kid you not, guys, that's why I know I'm with the right person. (laughs) As he left the service, the rain stopped, the clouds went away, and it started becoming sunshine. I got engaged that day. Prayer. Asking the Lord in prayer. Someone walks up to you in worship, gives you the exact amount of money you need to engage a girl. Yalla. Hey, that's just one. Is that a miracle? It is a miracle. Because where do you find that money when you don't have it? But if God's ordained and purposed something, he partners, we actually partner with God in that purpose coming to pass. It actually becomes a reality. Second one, this is our little girl. She's two years old. Then 
Sita and I are in such a rush to get to the pastor's meeting that Lichle was standing behind the door and we didn't see her. And her little wedding finger was in the door and we had closed the door. No, 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 guys, sorry to say that, but it was horrible. So we rushed Lichle to Pretoria East Hospital. Her whole nail came off from the nail bed. So the doctor explains to us, so we're looking at her and she's in extreme pain. They had to give her some shots just to numb her. Two-year-old little baby girl has completely lost her nail from the nail bed, which is right over here. So the doctor sits us down and just says to us, listen, there's no nail going to grow back there because the whole nail bed has been taken. The whole nail's out and it grows from a nail bed. It's all been removed. So she had a little bandage over her finger. Mommy's busy with news calls then. And we had to come and prep the church for the news call conference. And this little two-year-old sleeping on the church carpet there in complete pain. But now she's just lost her finger. And all the girlies in the house know, we don't want to be losing our f- nail on our wedding ring finger. Hey? So I was like, yo, this is not good. And I felt... <laughs> This, can you imagine on her wedding day? No, we're not taking photos, honey. This is not a good finger. No. Can you imagine that? And then she looks at us. Yes, mom and dad, you to blame. No. So, yes, guys, all these thoughts were running through my head. I just went, God, I can't deal with this now. I just don't imagine her wedding day. But anyway, we come to a life changes in prayer. We're standing as, past, as the pastoral team. We're about to start the Life Changes course, and what we'd normally do is we'd stand in a circle and pray together. Remember this thing now? Pray. One of the pastors in prayer gets a word from the Lord, walks to me. Little is with us because we had to take her everywhere, wherever we went. And he comes to me and he says, God's just given me a word for your little girl. Can she stretch out her finger? I want to pray for her. He's going to heal that finger. He puts his hand on her finger. And he prays, Lichle's nail is there today. She's got a little nail. I'm not worried about her finger on her wedding day. She can now smile and take all the photos she wants. But her nail grew back even though the doctor said to us it wouldn't. How many of you here tonight are sitting and trusting God for a miracle in your health, your finances, your education, your relationships, your home? Yalla. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. So, are you ready to pray? Has this stirred a little bit of something? Guys, I've got so many stories, but tonight's not that night. Um, So I'm only sharing two examples with you, but we're going to pray together tonight. Okay, we're going to trust the Lord together tonight. And there's three areas we want to pray into. These are the areas. Can you put it on for me, please, Sam? Here we go. The king and his kingdom. I am not king, and it's not my kingdom. Jesus laid down his life, but he surrendered it to the Father's will. First thing we want to pray for is that, is there an area in my life where I haven't completely surrendered? To hand that back to the Lord. Second thing we want to pray for is his brave bride. Who is his brave bride? Look around you. Look around you. We want to pray for one another because we don't know what week lies ahead for anyone in this room. But what we do know is there's power in prayer and we can cover one another in prayer. Number three, we want to pray for his heart for the lost. If you think of the story of Paul and Silas, people got saved. 
Can I give you an invitation and a challenge this evening? Let this week not go by without you leading someone to the Lord. Because it's part of our discipleship. You want to be a disciple of Jesus? Then it's one of the mandates is go and make disciples. Is we lead people to a place that we know we call home. And so if there's weeks and months that have gone by without you even sharing the good news and the gospel that you carry, you've got something to check in yourself and go, God, do I really believe this good news? Because if you've got good news, I can tell you one thing, you're not going to keep quiet. You want to share it with as many people as you can. And so may we take the good news we have. And even if it's a family member, go, I've got some good news for you. Feeling hopeless? I've got some hope. And his name is Jesus. Is that okay? So here we go. We're going to pray. I want you, whether you're sitting in your, in your group with your family, whether you're on your own, let's pray for the first thing. Okay. The first thing you want to pray for is, Lord, help me to lay down those things that I have taken up and made myself Lord over. It's a nice prayer to pray. Let's pray that. If you can pray, pray that with the person that's sitting next to you. Pray that individually. But let's pray and intercede around that. Let's pray and trust the Lord around that. And so, Father, we want to come to you this evening and we want to spend some time in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer and we believe in those things, the, the, the values and the virtues that the early church committed themselves to. And so we come, Lord, not in our own strength because we know the body is weak, but the, the spirit is willing. And so we come tonight and we ask, Lord, that you would guide us in our prayers in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. If you're not sure to pray, just pray in the Spirit. Father, we lay down, we lay down, we lay down, we lay down, we lay down. We lay down, Lord, we lay down. We lay down our lives, Lord. We lay down our families. We lay down our, our education. We lay down our finances, our relationships, our homes, Lord. We lay them down. They all belong to you. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of me. We lay them down. Lay them down. Lay them down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just sense there's someone here tonight. That you've, you've been part of the kingdom, but you, you've almost felt like you've, you've, you, you're not sure whether you still want to be part of the family. And you've just been in the space of limbo, where you've been so confused, am I or am I not? Um, and I just see the Lord, like he was with the prodigal son, his, son, his arms are wide open. And he's saying, come, come, come home. You know me. You know me, and I know you. And so if that's you tonight, where you have been in a place of limbo with the Lord, and you're not sure whether you want him or not, there's an invitation from Father to come back to him tonight. There's a grace in the Spirit to be able to return back to Father. In Jesus' name. If that's you, please also remain after the service to be prayed for. The second thing we want to pray for is his bride. His bride is us. 
And so can we pray? Pray for the people in this room. Pray for the, 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 the body of Christ, the church of God. Let's trust the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we want to bring your bride before you this evening. Thank you that you wash her with your word. Thank you that you sanctify and purify her. Father, I pray for every single one of our brothers and sisters, Lord, this evening. Whatever their week may look like, Lord, I pray for boldness and courage to arise in their hearts, Lord. That whatever they may be facing, that they would know that your word is true and flawless and that they can believe you in the name of Jesus. Just lift up your prayers. Lift up your prayers for, for the body of Christ, for the church. Lift up your prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, my bride. Let's just lift up our prayers to the Lord for this body, for this, the, those that are in the room with us. Can I ask you this? I just want to ask you to stand while we're praying for the church. I just, just a sense in my heart is it feels like the church has been caused to be timid in this time. Let's just stand and pray. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's pray for the body of Christ. Let's just join me in prayer now. Father, we want to raise up and lift up the church, the body of Christ, us, Lord, the bride, to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you that you have not called her to be timid. Thank you that you have not called her to be um, intimidated, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I pray for the church of God right now in the name of Jesus. Arise and shine arise and shine arise and shine in Jesus name thank you that you've called us to be the salt of the earth the light of the world Lord Jesus help us to burn for you Father I pray for a new passion and desire inside your bride for you Father where there's lukewarmness Father we pray that you would help us to become hot again in the name of Jesus I pray that you would warm our hearts Lord Jesus warm our hearts in the name of Jesus warm our hearts where there's cold hearts or lukewarm hearts. Lord, warm our hearts in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare the love of God over her bo his body in Jesus' name. I decree and declare the word of God. You have built us on solid ground. You have built us on the rock of Jesus Christ. The gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against my bride in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would loosen chains in the name of Jesus. I pray for unity in the body of Christ in the name of Jesus Father irrespective of doctrine Father irrespective of anything that you would just make us one as you are one Father I pray John 17 over your bride I pray that over your bride Lord that we would know you that we would know you Jesus we would know you that we would love you that we would fall in love with you again Jesus 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 Jesus, be the center of your church. Be the center, the love of your bride. Jesus, just keep praying. Just keep praying in the spirit. Let's lift up the church of God in the world, in the nation. Let's lift up the church of God tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray where your bride is tired, Lord. I pray that you would come and lift her up on the wings of eagles, Lord. In Jesus' name, strengthen your bride. Strengthen your bride, Lord. Strengthen your bride. Strengthen your bride.
strengthen your bride, just a fresh flow of your living water and grace upon your bride in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The next thing we want to focus on is praying for the lost. Jesus had a heart of compassion for those that are lost. I want to make this very personal now, and I want to ask you to think of one person you know that you would love to see meet Jesus. might be a family member. It might be a friend. Do you have that person in your head? Everybody have that person in your head? A friend, a family member, or a co-worker? Put the face to the word. Jesus has a heart for the lost. They've got faces. So do you see that person? Now I want us to pray for the lost. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to bring before you those that you have put in our minds right now. We thank you, Lord, that you've got such a heart of compassion and love for the lost. We, (laughs) we were lost at one stage. Someone prayed for us, and here we are. And tonight, we want to pray for that person you have put in our mind. So just bring them before the Lord. Pray for them. Pray for them now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bring all these faces before you now. And we want to ask for an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And I pray that we would discern the moment and the time, that we would be awake in our spirits and know this is it, and share the good news of God with them. I pray that all these people that we've had in our minds now in this mine auditorium, Father, we call them into the spirit and into into your kingdom. We say, come home, come home in Jesus' name. And we pray for all those that are lost, Father, that are other faces that we, we might not have thought of tonight. We pray for them, Lord, and we ask that you would bring them into your kingdom. Give us a heart for the lost. Give us a compassion that you had for the lost. In Jesus' name. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to release you. And those that, ha- that are new, please stay behind. And those that have given their hearts to the Lord, if we can ask you to remain, we'd love to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for every single person here right now. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for who they are. I thank you that you love them, Jesus. Thank you that tonight was not uh, by accident or by chance that they ended up at the evening service. And I pray, Lord that even if it's one word that you just had for them tonight, that they would take it with them. I pray that everyone's week would be a fruitful week because it is birthed in prayer. And so thank you for tonight, Lord. We love you, and it's about you, Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of applause. Thank you, Lord. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next week. Okay, God bless.